0: You've reached NVC Voice, a podcast for Northwest Vista College in San Antonio, Texas.
1: I'm Leslie Munoz, and have you ever seen someone you love so much and is so important to you change into something they aren't right in front of your eyes? On a Friday afternoon, the whole family was together sitting in the living room, and everyone in the family had their seat while we snacked watching a movie. All was well when suddenly mom and dad got a call out of the blue. They didn't explain to us what the call was about. The same afternoon, they told us that they would drive up to New Baltimore, New York, and go to Mexico and back. Since I was only 11 and my brother was 5, we didn't question anything about it. And if we did, my father would only say, you're too young to understand. On Saturday, April thirtieth, two 2013, they left us with our aunt Susan and went along for their trip. Mom and Dad seemed stressed and confused when they finally came back, so I didn't bother asking any questions. Eventually, Dad pulled me in and explained to me what was happening. He said we would travel down to Mexico to see family more often than usual to see Grandpa. A year later, traveling became familiar to us now, but one day, coming home from school, my parents sat my brother and I down in the living room. They told us that Grandpa got sick again. They explained that last year, he had a silent cerebral infarction. They also described it as a silent stroke. When we finally understood, they said he had another, but it was even worse. As six years went by, I started to forget how long it's been with my grandpa's condition being like this. He started acting differently. He didn't recognize any of us and started feeling so many things that were just natural to humans. As my parents would say, he became a toddler all over again. He forgot to eat appropriately. He got to the point where he forgot how to walk and barely speak. I couldn't explain how I felt. Confused would be an understatement. More doctor appointments started building up, and my grandparents moved to a larger city, Monterrey, Nuevo León. That's where I began speaking to my grandpa. He would joke around with me when I would ask, Has grandma given you something to eat today? He would look at my grandma and say, Not that I know of, dear. I'm starving. She would roll her eyes and laugh. I start questioning how someone who I remember before all of this turned into someone so different, yet he still had the strength to keep that happiness in his heart. The last visit we had with him was August 14th, 2018. I remember it was full of laughter and jokes, but that same day I asked him something that I've never asked him in the six years that he's been like this. I simply asked, Grandpa, what's my name? He looked at me smiling and said, Leslie, right? I teared up and replied, You got it. When my family and I traveled back home, we went to sleep right away because it was a school night. That next morning, August 30th, 2018, we got the call from my grandma telling us that my grandfather passed. I felt sad, but I also felt relieved knowing that he didn't have to live like that anymore and he could finally rest. After those years, I can genuinely and honestly say that he is the strongest man I've ever known.
2: Hello, I'm a student at Northwest Vista College, and this is my podcast, Sign and Date Here. It's about that person that can either make your life fantastic or turn your life into a disaster. I look at old photos of us trying to remember how you were when I was younger. I can't recall the things we did together because it wasn't much. We never had a close relationship, and I'd get jealous whenever my classmates would talk about their dads and what they did for them and all the time they spent together. But we weren't like that. You would pick me up from school sometimes, head to the corner store, buy a liter of beer, chug it down, and then go home. You know I hated you drinking, so did mom, but she never cared. You would do it every day and sometimes more than once. Late at night, my face would touch the door, trying to listen to the arguments, heart racing, thinking you would barge in. I would stay up hours crying in my bed because I knew something was wrong, but things just got worse as i started getting older i really didn't go to you for things i made it through middle school and high school without you teaching me things that i wish you could until one day you picked me up from school and i noticed you weren't normal when i got into a car we turned down the school parking lot and down another road into ongoing traffic we were approaching a red light and i told you slow down the car ahead of you is breaking you didn't give me a response so i said it again slow down stop It was too late. We crashed into the car ahead of us, ramming our truck into the small Ford Fusion. It was fast. I opened my eyes to focus on what was around me. I reached forward, and I was in pain for my neck and arms. You got out of the car to make sure they were okay. They were safe, but they didn't have any insurance. Both cars were damaged. The tail end was crushed in pieces everywhere. You weren't in the right state of mind. You just crashed into somebody while intoxicated and now you're flooding the scene? You drove off in a hurry. I yelled at you. What are you doing? Go back. What is wrong with you? My eyes red, full of tears. I dialed mom at work, telling her what had happened. We made it home shortly after. I didn't speak to you. Went straight to my room. Later that night, someone knocked at our door. I opened my blinds, and there I saw the red and blue lights. The gentleman's voice spoke, and there I listened, heart racing. I felt like I couldn't breathe. The next day, I asked my dad, what did the officer tell you? He replies, nothing, like usual, something he would tell me not to worry about. It didn't last long until I found out mom was filing for a divorce. I was shattered, shocked. What's gonna happen next? Who will I live with? I was thinking of all the things in my head that could change. I was not ready. I was already working two jobs at the time and school. So there it was, the divorce getting filed, my life falling apart, and everything changing so quickly. Me only being 17 or 18 years old I felt like this was the end for me, but it wasn't.
0: Hi, I'm Victoria Simpson. You're going to hear about an incident from eating food too fast that led me to the hospital. Tacos and ER. The usual going to church was good, but it was also tiring. It was hard trying to listen to a sermon while you're sitting in a comfortable chair in a slightly warm room. All I could ever focus on was what I was going to eat for breakfast that morning. It had been an early morning on a Sunday coming from church. On a drive to our first meal of the day, I longed to be doing something else on a Sunday morning. I felt so unusual if we didn't, like if I had just wasted a whole day away. I really looked forward to Sundays because I felt like those are the best days. It is the beginning of the week and usually something is always happening on a Sunday. We arrived at Taco Palenque. A Tex-Mex restaurant that served you two tortillas with own bean and cheese just in case you had leftovers. Instead of spending more money on drinks, we went by the families down the street and refilled our cups with tea for only 50 cents. We believed in reusing cups to get were for so cheap than to get a cup for something way more expensive. At the moment, I wish I had been eating families breakfast instead of nasty, oily tacos. My sisters and I sat down waiting for our parents to come back with condiments and water cups. At this moment, I was just happy we were finally sitting down and eating. As I was munching on my taco, I suddenly couldn't be able to swallow. If I had swallowed, it felt like something was sharp in my throat. I thought it was a sharp piece of tortilla, so I tried to gulp it down some tea. With every swallow and gulp, the pain in my throat kept getting sharper and harder. I rushed to the restroom sink and turned on my flashlight, hoping I could find my problem. I opened my mouth and turned my head in all directions to found what I was looking for. On the right side of my throat was stuck a piece of plastic. I hurried back to my mother and told her what happened, scared to keep swallowing the saliva that kept floating up in my throat. My head filled with many thoughts, like, what if I keep swallowing and it gets stuck and I really can't breathe or swallow. My mother practically shoved the flashlight down my throat and took one look. She gasped. I knew that if my mother was freaking out, then so should I. My mother's first instinct was yelling at the manager, then taking me straight to the ER. If anything scared me more, it was hospitals. I didn't like the feeling of waiting. It always made me nervous and put me on edge. My dad's presence in the waiting room that I was in made me panic more and he knew him more than I did. He called by my mother and she came in to replace him. But I felt so ease with my mother's presence that I began to cry because of how scared I was. She knew that, and she told me to calm down, just as the doctor appeared. I sat down on the bed and opened my mouth and I thought for the worst. The doctor stuck a long metal tweezer down my throat and pulled out a long thick clear plastic. It was longer than I had thought. I was told that it could have been a bristle from one of the cleaning brushes. Maybe, perhaps, some leftover plastic had fallen into my food. Either way, I was shocked. The doctor who then put the plastic in the bottle and told me to take it back to the restaurant and sue. After checking out and returning to the restaurant, my father went in with the cup and returned empty-handed. wall looked at my father as if he was supposed to be returning with something like cash, so I thought. I was upset that I had an opportunity to be a billionaire, when instead I got an itchy, scratched, bloody throat. Since then, I have never eaten at a Taco palanque.
3: Hello, I am a student at Northwest Vista College, and today I'll be talking about a story about a car ride home that turns out to be everything but. I was 15 years old, and I just finished a day of school, and my mom was at work, so she, so she couldn't come pick me up, so she had one of my cousins pick me up. My cousin uh, is kind of a thug, so, and, I, and my mom knows this, but there was no other way I was going to get home that day without waiting a few hours for my mom to finish. This was supposed to be just a simple drop-off home, but it turns out to be everything but. So he comes, picks me up, and we shake hands and talk for a bit. Then he says he has to go in for a test at his school, and he has to be there in 10 minutes or he can't take the test. I didn't want to be a burden on him, so I agreed to sit in the car and be dropped off after. So we start going on his way to school, and he's driving over 100 miles per hour on the highway. And, uh... I notice a biker in front of us braking at the red light, and I look over to my cousin, and he's on his phone. I tap on his shoulder, and he sees the biker too. He starts slamming the brakes, but it was too late. We hit the biker, and he falls backwards onto the hood of the car and slides back down uh, the hood onto the ground. At this point, me and my cousin were completely stunned, and we were frozen for about 10 seconds. I thought we just killed him. I see that my cousin is doing nothing about what just happened, so I open the door until I see the biker stand up and start yelling at us. My cousin then puts the car into reverse, backs up, and then drives up on top of the sidewalk and back onto the road. I didn't even know what to think. I was, I was speechless, and we didn't say anything for the rest of the time. Even after, we, even after that, we still ended up going to his university so he can take his test. I just sat in the car in complete silence. I was thinking of what could happen to me if the police found out that uh, what we did. After about 30 minutes, my cousin returns and I start asking him a bunch of questions about what was going to happen to us. He keeps telling me that nobody saw and that nothing would happen, and nothing did. It's been four years since this day and I still feel guilty for what happened to the biker. I don't know if my cousin was overly committed to taking that exam or if i actually under overestimated his morals but this moment in my life really started to make me think of uh what i would do in that situation if i was the one in the driver's seat i know i know that if i was the guy in the bike i would be outraged if someone tried to pull a hit and run on me i just tried not thinking about it because it just made me feel so guilty it was not until last year when i was put into the same situation that that biker was I was on my way home from school one day, and I was hit head-on in the middle of a cross-section. I was disoriented, and the car that hit me backed up and drove off before I got a chance to see the license plate, or what kind of car it was. The car, which belonged to my mom, was severely damaged along the front door and bumper. I remember being so upset and mad my, myself for not, seeing, for not being able to see the license plate. I ended up paying for the damages, uh, and I have learned to let that anger go from the incident. But it wasn't after months of stress of getting the car fixed which totaled up to almost 900 dollars these two events really changed my perspective on uh this event really changed my perspective on what happened years prior with my cousin it taught me to take responsibility for my mistakes and not to avoid them because it could make the situation worse for others
4: hi i'm eminem do you ever wish you had the ability to turn back time This is what I took for granted. I am from a family of four. My younger brother and I were both born in West Point. Even though it's my younger brother, he has been growing so much taller than me. My parents are both short, so I can't blame my height on them. I'm what my mom called an indoor cat, a sheltered extrovert with a self conscious issue. I'm the kind of person that would get agitated over many regrets, wishing I could change time and start over. This year when I was browsing on YouTube, I came across some videos I read, you must eat this food or watch this movie before you die. I didn't take these seriously. Why should I? It's the middle of March of 2020. Spring Break had finally arrived and as well as my grandma's visit. I was so excited to have fun with my fairy godmother. Although she only stayed for a week, we still had fun with her while it lasted. Unfortunately, little did I realize that after this holiday, my life would never be the same again. Due to do ground being ground, wanted so badly to come to my graduation. However, everyone's plans had come to a halt when we were supposed to have, or come back after spring break. Around the time in March was when this virus began taking effect, the coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, spread ahead at such an unpredictable pace that we were unprepared for. I started paying more attention to the CNN news as the pandemic got worse. Meanwhile, three other major events had escalated. I started to observe with concern, anger, and fear as I watched along with the world. On May 25th, 2020, a Black American, George Floyd, was killed by a policeman in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ever since then, many protesters known as the Black Lives Matter movement began protesting, and now the upcoming presidential election has everyone on pins and needles. Despite what was happening, My family stayed calm and did the best we could. Both mom and I, almost every week, would stock up enough food at home using curbside. The grocery stores all over America were busy and packed. And as people started to take notice of this pandemic, they started stocking up as well their pantries, fridges, and cleaning supplies. What was so shocking to me was what most people were going crazy for, toilet paper. Out of all the things people were fighting over, it was a bathroom product which is weird because the first thing I would think of buying was food. Meanwhile, my girl was constantly worrying our family was not going to have enough supply of toilet paper. My mom kept trying to reassure her that we'd got it covered, but she ignored mom and called me the next day. Honey, just to let you know that there's a gift being sent to you. You didn't buy a bunch of, adult bunch of toilet paper, did you? Just please don't tell mom. A few days later, it was delivered at our doorstep. It had my name on it. During these rough months of staying safe, I still came to regret not taking the advantage of the time to probably enjoy the last moments of going into places for a long time. This year has made me more aware of the opportunities I missed. Overall, I know I'm, that I must use my time more wisely, for I only have one life to live in, not nine.
0: You've been listening to NBC Voice, a podcast from Northwest Vista College in San Antonio, Texas.